0: Welcome to the X-Block. Am I right, Sir, yes, sir! Then listen up. You're listening to the X-Block. I'm Jared, and he's Caleb. Let's get into it. You are listening to an X-Block podcast special. This is the state of xbox in 2021 i'm Jaron, and i'm here with caleb hey and you are listening to the world's number one xbox podcast probably yep and on today's show we'll be kind of running through the state of xbox in 2021 mostly about the series x and how it's kind of come from launch till now and where it's going in the future and if you haven't listened to our previous x block podcast special that was News from the Future, where Caleb and I dove into the future and told you all about the crazy news that is happening there. And I just wanted to let you guys know that the Game Pass or Play segment from that is actually real, and our game will be <laughs> steep this August. I, d- I didn't even know that at the time, and I had to confirm that Steep, a Ubisoft game, was actually in Game Pass,
1: and Jaren's like, yep, <laughs> it is. And so that's, uh, and other, uh, besides from that Steep nonsense from the Game Pass or Game Play, all of that news from the future is 100% accurate, which is crazy. We have pretty good sources, so that's actually real news from the future. So, you know, if you want to go check out that X-Block podcast special, which we released that one, and then by the time you're hearing this, this is our second one, and then next week, at the time you're hearing this, we will be back to our regular programming while Jaron is on, he, he was on vacation in Vancouver, right? Yep. Yeah, the Sunshine State, so there you go. Yep. So I'll be back and we will be back on our uh, normal X game shit. X game shit. But but today, (laughs) today, though, is the state of Xbox in 2021. And man, you have no idea how hard it was to come up with a good Xbox special Xbox special uh, topic. But we got one. Yeah, dude, we got one. We both came up with it the same time. Independently. And I was like, we, we knew Jaren was going on vacation. And we were like, man, we need to think of something to do. You know, like two episodes for like, and we were thinking about it for like a month. <laughs> and we, we both came up with this idea 10 minutes before we started recording. We are like, all right, fuck it, we'll do it. That's
0: on. what I told everyone yesterday when they asked me. They were like, oh, do you have a second one yet? And I was like, no, I'll think of it tomorrow.
1: Yeah, the, the way that we talk about things, though, if we didn't tell you, you'd never know. You would never know. It's true. All that news from the future, off the cuff, on the fly. Go listen to it. I highly recommend you check it out. You're either
0: You're either going to hate it or love it. But anyway. Yeah, so let's hop in to the state of Xbox in 2021. And let's start out with basically how this all started with the Series X, Caleb, and the games. Yeah, this is kind of a Series X discussion, really. It's kind of like
1: talking about how the Series X has changed Xbox, what stayed the same, what we like about it, what we don't like about it, what's going on with it, how it kind of compares to its competitors. And yeah, so Xbox released the Xbox Series X and the Series S, which we'll kind of mention in passing, but we consider it less important, but yeah, we'll talk about that. And yeah. uh, that was last November, correct? November yeah. 9th, I think, um, during the tail end, I guess, somewhat of the pandemic uh, and initially constrained, still constrained, actually, by supply shortages,
0: mainly regar- in regards to chips and things. But yeah. Yeah. All right. So why don't we start off with the games, as everyone says, is the most important part. And honestly, the part where Xbox has been kind of lacking until I would even say like this month. <laughs> <laughs> until July 27th. Maybe? Yeah, 2021 Microsoft Flight Simulator coming to consoles. Yeah, the Microsoft Flight Simulator and then we've got uh what is it? The Ascent coming out into Game Pass, then Hades coming out into Game Pass, then Back uh, for Blood and Forza. Back for Blood, Forza, Psychonauts 2, but we'll get into yeah. all those in a bit. But let's talk about before, where we essentially just had The Medium.
1: I was going to say I was hoping you would bring it up. I'm like, so Xbox, a big narrative in the last generation for the Xbox One was that Xbox has no games, even though that's not really true for everybody who knows uh, anything. It's just they didn't have as good of a catalog as Sony first party wise and second party, probably. So now Xbox has been working since Phil took over and especially post 2016, 2015. And Phil's been working to kind of alleviate that problem. And they did a a a bunch of studio acquisitions. And now they have like, what, 30 plus studios or some nonsense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all working on games that will go into Game Pass and and kind of feed that service. And so we've been waiting and it's kind of a meme. We've been waiting for a long time for Xbox to finally, quote unquote, have games, even though, like I said, they have had games. But now they're going to really be pumping out some fucking bangers coming out here. But leading up to the Xbox Series X's launch since Halo Infinite got delayed to 2021, it really didn't launch with anything necessary, honestly. Like they tried to do some things where like I think Gears of War Five they had a big push for like the Series X and S upgrades of that game and the Hive Busters expansion that came with Game Pass Ultimate and then they had a second party relationship with uh, Bloober Team who made the Medium you'll remember it's like a two hour kind of horror game three hour horror game uh, that they utilized the next gen hardware to switch between dimensions and shit and you played that Jaren so why don't you like tell me a little bit about that if or how
0: that moved the needle for you, or did it? Yeah, it was a perfectly, like, acceptable and fun game, and it fit very well into the Game Pass model, and honestly, I feel like the Game Pass model as a whole is the whole reason why this, I guess you could say, lack of games, I'm going to put it in quotation marks, has affected me, because pretty much most games that I've been interested in this year have come to Game Pass. Agree, yeah. And... It's pretty much fundamentally changed the way that I play games where yeah, I have purchased about four games this year, but three of them have been on sale by at least 50%. Yeah, which that's kind of typical, but even then you, you bought, that's kind of, I
1: agree with you where Game Pass is like its own exclusive, quote unquote, which is a, it's kind of a trite thing to say, but PlayStation doesn't have Game Pass and Nintendo doesn't have Game Pass. It's like the Game Pass service on Xbox. Which they started out in like 2017 with Sea of Thieves, I think, uh, and putting that game in there at launch. That this service is kind of like what has so far and what will theoretically continue to define the generation of Xbox Series X/S, right? So it's it's like its own service that does totally change the way I play games. Like there are constantly games cycling in and out of that service. Where, for instance, Jedi Fallen Order what, that I played was a part of EA Play. Uh, which is now part of Game Pass Ultimate. So I didn't have to buy that, and I played that. And like Control is in Game Pass, so I didn't have to buy Control, and I wanted to play that. Undertale came to Game Pass, so I played Undertale this year. And I at least a few other things that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head because I'm not looking at my list of games that I played. But yeah, I, I, this for so far, this year, 2021, is probably the year, and maybe it's the same for you too, that I've bought fewer games at this point and will buy fewer games this year
0: than maybe any year. Since I was like actively purchasing games, you know, it's funny because for not having any games, this is the furthest I've been behind in games I've wanted to play. Like I currently have four games installed that I want to play. I'm never that far behind when I'm paying for games because I'm like, these are the five games I want to play and that I can afford to pay for. And that's all I'm going to play. But now that it's been so expanded and it also means that we largely play the same game. So we actively have more to talk about because we play Control because it's in Game Pass. We play Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just like it, it makes it so I, I have more games in my back catalog than I've ever had. Like I'm waiting to play Gears Tactics. Uh, we're still trying to play Outriders, but that's not really a, a game kind of thing. That's more of a life kind of thing. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: That's you and I not having time. And then Flight Sim, that's coming, right? That's yeah, out that's now. coming out tomorrow.
1: From when we're recording this on July 26th, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's been out for two weeks now when this episode yeah. comes out.
1: Yeah, so, that, I mean, there's there's so much stuff, and it's it's also plays to the way that you and I play games because, like, you and I normally don't buy games at launch because we're hardcore gamers, and uh, that's, I mean, if you can afford it, more power to you, but honestly, from my perspective and my situation, that's pretty stupid to buy most games at launch. Like, that's pretty dumb. Not only because they go on sale usually, like, significantly, Within two months of their release, especially the big ones, because Black Friday rolls around and everything's like half off for no reason, even though it's been out for two weeks. So like in two months, everything goes on sale. But with Game Pass, it's like Jared and I used to wait for big sales. It's like now we don't have to wait for big sales because you wait long enough and the game just comes to Game Pass. Like almost every game at some point, it feels like comes to Game Pass. So we don't even have to buy the games on sale usually anymore if we don't want to. We just wait for it to come to Game Pass. Like I didn't buy Control. I wanted to play it a bit. And Jedi Fallen Order and and a bunch of other games. Undertale just kind of came to to Xbox on Game Pass, I think. And there's a ton of shit like that. But uh, yeah, Game Pass has just totally revolutionized my purchasing habits and is a big part of the Series X kind of experience in Xbox in 2021 so far
0: for me. Yeah, and I would 100% agree on that. The one thing I will uh, say is I don't want to shit on the people who pay for games on launch date too much.
1: Because Because, they subsidize us. Yeah, yeah,
0: because they let us (laughs) get all the deals on games later. Without them paying for them, they don't go on sale. So I'm just going to say thanks to all you guys. It's a great You saved me lots of money.
1: Yeah, it's a a fantastic point that Jaren's brought up on the show before, which is that people buying games at full price on day and date and right after, they subsidize our ability to not pay full price for them. So we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts over here. And uh, so... I guess in the conversations kind of aspect, in terms of first party and second party releases so far, kind of not much on the Series X. That's partially part of the pandemic, but partially a part of studios from Xbox not being ready, you know, with the games coming out. And uh, I guess toward the end of this, maybe more, we're going to talk about the games coming and how that's going to be alleviated moving forward, right?
0: Yeah. The weird thing about that is, like, I'm not sure what is more influential, having exclusives or having third parties that the other platform has to pay for, for free.
1: Yeah, and you, that's a conversation that you do not see brought up a lot, I think, in gaming circles. And I think you're kind of right, at least for me. I don't know who these people out here are, especially since I get as many achievements as I can for every game. So that's part of my gaming habits. But I, I have a ton of games to play, and I, I play them not just for fucking four hours and move on. I, play, I try to get the achievements, and it's a big part of how I play games. But I, I have so many games to play. And I play a lot of games. Like you can go look at my profile. Dude, Pistol 101 out there. If you're curious about my gamer tag, there's a space there. And uh, I like I have a list on my phone, Jared, of so many games that I can either play or go back and play. And it's I'm never out there like, oh, man, I wish a new game would come out this month. I'm always like, dude, who cares? I have so many games to play and fucking 60 percent of them are in Game Pass right now. And the other 40 percent have been in or are coming, you know, that kind of thing. So I never run out of stuff to play from the third parties and even the fir- any first party or second party
0: stuff that I haven't experienced yet, you know. Yeah, it's like if you ever want to know how big of a deal Game Pass is just going forward, go whenever they have an ultimate sale on Xbox and you have Game Pass, go and look through the ultimate sale and see how many of those games it says install next to it. And, and then do the same thing in the coming soon. And you'll see that for the next five months, there's at least one game in coming soon that you have a game for in every single month if you just never wanted to pay for games. It's crazy.
1: It turns out like all the games come into Game Pass or in Game Pass. I'm like, those are the things I want to play anyway. And Sony may have some in terms of just kind of bringing the conversation into competition. It's like Nintendo has their first parties that I don't care about because I don't I don't I don't under, I respect, but I don't understand why people care about Nintendo first parties anyway. But like, whatever, you guys can have it. That's fine. I don't care. And then you have PlayStation first party games, which I don't care enough about to own a playstation to play them like i just don't like they look and a lot of them are great too like fantastic first party experiences and i just watch my favorite streamers play them or watch a playthrough on youtube or am even not interested in some of them and i just i I would rather like honestly dude even if like the playstation first party games had achievements or something first per se for me it's like i would rather have the game pass service than have The Sony first party games, you know, from from my perspective as a gamer.
0: Yeah, and everyone is always waving the the like first party banner. But I'm just going to say something here. Like I've tweeted this out on Twitter before in like response to some people or something where people go like everyone buys consoles for exclusives. God of War sold roughly above 20 million something units and the playstation 4 is roughly around 115 million units 120 probably around something yeah 120 that still means that means that more than 80 percent of your player base does not play your so-called biggest exclusive yeah i mean pretty
1: much and that's not what happens over nintendo
0: yeah i i know that that's the narrative with nintendo and i do want to like give their fans some credit That being said, as Nintendo continues to sell more Switches, I feel like it will become the same. Like, I don't think I don't think they're going to have 70 million Mario Karts sold on 115 million Switches.
1: A lot of people, man, like either between Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey and Mario Kart and Animal Crossing. Like they really do have a high retention rate for first parties. I get what you're saying, though. So that's true. As as the platform grows, that falls off a bit. But still, yeah, their fan base definitely goes out of their way to buy their exclusive games. That's true. Like I see how people who do like they don't play a ton of games and they just want to play like three games a year, but they're not the people who play sports games, for instance, or Call of Duty. I can see how just buying a couple or a few PlayStation first party games a year I could see how that'd be enticing from your perspective as a gamer, if that's what you're into, especially third person narrative games like dark and gritty, whatever. Like that's seems like that might be the place to go. But from a hardcore gamer's perspective, I'm like, dude, I just, I don't like spending a lot of money and I don't have to. And Xbox as a service-wise, and customer-friendly, consumer-friendly service wise and customer friendly, consumer friendly service of a console is just superior to PlayStation in that regard too. And if I don't get to play last of us, part two, or God of War for that. I'm, I, for, for me, for personally, for me, I, I'm okay with it.
0: You know. Yeah. the The last thing I'm going to say on it is everyone needs to forget that we're all like everyone thinks that Twitter and the gaming community is video games. Like if you spent all your time in the gaming community, you would think Dark Souls is the biggest video game ever. <laughs> Every PlayStation exclusive sells a hundred million copies. And that
1: Jaren's mom played Persona Five.
0: Yeah, like that all these things that don't actually matter in the grand scheme of gaming. The base level of people that are playing video games are playing Madden, Call of Duty, FIFA, and probably some other random game that happens to come out that year that really blows people away. And that's all that they're ever going to be playing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess to be fair, the hardcore gaming audience, it seems though, kind of does determine the trajectory of consoles, right? Like with the Xbox One and PS4 how Xbox One dropped the ball so hard and PS4 like nailed it with the gamer centric approach. And that seemed to give the hardware momentum to where it did make PS4 like a huge like not just where it was. It barely outsold Xbox 360. The PS3 did at the end of its life, life cycle, but uh, it really like double outsold Xbox One in that light in that console cycle.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's far more to do with friends where the hard hardcore gamers go and buy consoles at launch and then that people just look to their friends and go well what does my friend have and then they also buy that console the casuals yeah the majority of
1: casuals it's like well tim who's that's our friend who's really into games he got this console so i guess that's what i'm getting yeah because i might want to play with tim once yeah exactly so that's that's part of that conversation but i guess going back to more xbox centric stuff Jeremy. what how is the series x since launch like how has that changed how you play games or has it or like is it significant is it worth the money
0: and in what ways and and all that shit um I don't think unless you're really into games it's worth the money if you play games a lot it does dramatically decrease your load times uh the graphics obviously the resolution is better a lot of the features you also need a more expensive tv or monitor if you're gonna make use of them for the upgrades yeah for the upgrades So a lot of the stuff I would say isn't really there until we start getting the exclusive games that are necessary to like where you need the console to play them. Unless I guess you stream them, but that is definitively the like worse to do that than it is to play the disc. It's not inherently bad, but it's a it's not the best avenue for playing the game. Yeah, and that's kind of all what the Series X is about. It's there to be the best avenue to play the game for someone who wants to play on a console. Obviously, you can buy a PC and get a better experience, but if you want to play on a console that's just easy to plug in, and if it breaks, you send it to Microsoft and they fix it, then the Series X is great for that, and I think it's great if you're, yeah, like I said, you're really into gaming, and you notice all those, like, little tiny features, but if you're, like, a human being who is just, like, still rocking a 1080p TV and uh, isn't interested in all the bells and whistles but they still want like those bigger games. I would say keep your Xbox for now until we start getting games like Starfield or things that are actually exclusive to the next gen consoles. Yeah, that's a whole audience thing there. What about like the Series S as opposed to the Series X? Uh, The Series S is definitely a cheap alternative. Again, if you only play 1080p and you don't care about 4K, the 1080p on the Series S largely works fine and most games will work at 1080p on the Series S because they don't have to hit any other resolution target.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like for the casual audience who needs a Christmas present,
0: right? (laughs) Like that kind of thing. That's kind of who the Series S is for almost, right? Or people on a budget, either one. I feel like it's almost come out though, as I thought it was going to come out in the sense of that no one really wants it and everyone wants a Series X, even the people who are on a budget, like the Series S are all on shelves. You can pretty much go to most places and buy a Series S.
1: I don't, I don't think that's true. I think one person posted a picture at their particular European shop and someone said the same about, like, the Switch light there as well. So I'm not sure that that's entirely true, but I think that people do, it turns out, people do want the Series X more than the S, even though they
0: expected the Series S to be the prevailing console. So I think that's true. Yeah, maybe it's just a North America thing, because any store I go into here, I can buy a Series S.
1: Oh, I, I can't here in Louisiana, but I, even in, like, big chains, and I don't live in, like, a podunk town, I just live in a less populated area like the... Town that I'm in, which is exactly parallel, like across the river from Shreveport in Louisiana, if you're familiar with that, it has like basically all this totals like 280,000 people or something, which is not Toronto's 7 million people.
0: But still, it's not like I'm not like in a town of 400 people or something, you know? Yeah. And I still think they sell out. I just mean like you can get Series S's here.
1: Yeah. So apparently it's that Xbox's strategy in that way didn't work out. And perhaps it would have been better for them to just have the Series X and maybe You'll see them return to like just a kind of one uniform approach moving forward with just like PlayStation did with the discless version, you know, with without some for some reason. I love how PlayStation did it though. It's like how did how is the disc drive a hundred dollars? You know, like how are they like you're read hundred dollars for the discless and then uh five hundred for the disc drive? You're like man, hundred dollars like difference? That's crazy.
0: Yeah, and then they barely stock. The uh, diskless one like it's it's so impossible to get. Yeah, we noticed that for sure. That's that happened.
1: But uh, yeah, so I kind of agree with you where the features of the Series X, which we're kind of focusing on because it appears like Series S is less popular, less prominent, and we don't care as much here. The Series X has changed the way I play games a bit in terms of like I played the for okay for the meme on our podcast. I played a lot of the Chinese Master Chief Collection. (laughs) which is you can only play it. It only works on your Xbox One X. It doesn't work on your Series X or anything. So I had, I've been playing on my Xbox One X and I know I dude, I notice how much slower everything is to load and the menus like even navigating the console menus and everything and you click on an app and how long it takes to load or you click on your profile. Dude, like it's noticeably like way slower <laughs> like even just from this the one X to the Series X. And so. As someone who plays games a lot, the quality of life has definitely improved for just the overall experience. And if you have a 4K TV, uh, you can run games that like a lot of games are getting Series X and S upgrades or frame rate boosts on Xbox, which PlayStation isn't doing the frame rate boost thing. So you get like a 60 frames per second experience at 4K or something. And that shit's great. And um, I would I'm with Jaren where I would recommend if you're if you consider yourself a gamer, quote unquote, someone who plays a lot of games. I would recommend getting a Series X if you have the budget and you can find one, but uh, if not, you're not missing anything really spectacular. I would say until... Like the end of this year, like until this year ends, that's my. That might be when you're missing shit, you know.
0: Yeah, like overall state of Xbox up to this point before Flight Simulator releases, I would say the console as like a constructed machine, nine out of ten. The actual use of the console in the first year, six out of ten. Um, the games in the first year up to this point, five out of ten. Game pa- Game Pass, ten out of ten. Yeah, services, ten out of ten.
1: But that's the thing, though, is like this. So what what sold units in the past, like new hardware was the new games and that the fact that the new games couldn't run on the previous gen stuff, right? That it, like it's weird because the games aren't really here yet, per se, but like all your old games play better. So yeah. every your experience and just overall how it changes, how fast every like the UI is and like the quick resume, which I don't use, but a lot of other people use because I'm stupid. And like this, like I said, the service-wise and the game upgrades and all the it across the board, you're you're still getting a better gaming experience, as almost better than if you jump from like 360 to Xbox One or like Xbox 360 from uh X, the original Xbox. It's like just if you if you play games, like the service-wise and how the system works and runs and makes gaming better is is still there. It's just that the particular games for the system aren't really there yet.
0: Yeah, the worst thing in the world you could do is rent an Xbox Series X for a week, and then go back to playing on your previous Xbox. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, my Xbox One X, it's rough when I have to play, it's slow, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of our thoughts on everything up to this point. Now let's kind of just talk about where we think everything's going and how it looks for the next like year and a half to two years, I guess what we know about. This is, um, this is
1: the real conversation because we talked about how all of this is contextualized within the Xbox being in the back or being in second place, uh, the quote unquote not having any games narrative and everything. All of that's kind of culminating where by the end of that year, this year, things are have changed and are starting to change drastically where everything's coming together with the hardware, uh, the marketing and the consumer friendly focus and the games are going to start coming out. And it started with E3 this year where they showed off this new slate of all the games that they're working on and all that. And they kind of framed it as like six months, six games, you know, like six months, six game pass games, whether they're third party or second party relationships or first party, whatever. Right. So you're starting to actually get games coming out, beginning with Microsoft Flight Simulator's console version, which is what previews indicate are great at this point. Uh, And then you got moving into that. We have Psychonauts 2 is going to be in Game Pass. Uh, when you say? the Ascent, right, it's coming to Game Pass. Yeah, uh, Forza Horizon, and there's another game around there. Um, well, Back
0: for Blood comes out then too, but it is in Game Pass.
1: Yeah, see, all these games, that's the, that's the thing though, where it's like, it's on PlayStation. But if you can, if you could just have Game Pass, then it's like, it being a Game Pass streaming exclusive is is the exclusive, right? Even though it's not a platform
0: exclusive. Does that make sense? I would. I would be... Shocked, honestly. Let's say you start 2021, uh, or we'll give it, because consoles are expensive, we'll give it even a year and a half to two years. I would say if you had Game Pass, the amount of money you saved on games that you, uh, you didn't have to buy if you had had a PlayStation, like say if you started at the start and you were like, I got a PlayStation 5 here, I got an Xbox Series X. If you would have bought the Xbox Series X before two years was done in games that you would have bought on your PS5, you would have saved enough money to buy the PS5.
1: Yeah, like hundreds of dollars, dude. Like, so for people who don't know, on Black Friday and Black Friday, like week, you can buy half off Xbox Ultimate three month, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate three month codes from like Best Buy for, so instead of $45, they're like 23. And you can stack those up to three years, like 36 months on Xbox. So, Jared and I buy a year's worth of Game Pass Ultimate every November so far for, for $90. $90, you get a year of Game Pass Ultimate, which, by the way, that includes PC use of Game Pass and everything else that comes with it, and EA, EA EA Play, Access, all that shit. Dude, Returnal released on PlayStation for $70.
0: Same with Ratchet and
1: Clank. It's eight hours long. So, yeah, yeah. So, Ratchet and Clank and Returnal. It's like, those games are great. It's like, it's $140 plus tax. I got Game Pass Ultimate for 90 for a year. You know, like the value proposition is just and that's not to that doesn't even include all the other service wise features that I would argue are superior on Xbox, such as design labs or backwards compatibility or frame rate boosting or anything like that that I could go on and off about. Right. So it's just it's. I don't know, man, it's it's great. And the games are coming, like, I didn't mention Halo Infinite is coming at the end of this year, assuming that doesn't get delayed, obviously. And uh, all the games that they announced that they're working on next year, when the first party really starts kicking in, and, and Phil is looking to put at least a game into Game Pass every quarter, that is from a first party studio, and all these other games that are partnering, indie games that are partnering with Xbox to get into Game Pass, the game's narrative that Xbox doesn't have any games is, like, dissipating rapidly. And the value proposition is extremely beneficial relative to competitors. And the system, 2021, halfway through, so far, good. But moving forward, hopefully, fantastic, right? And I would argue this year isn't even when the first-party machine goes into full effect. I would argue that's next year.
0: Yeah, this is kind of the carryover.
1: Yeah, this is like it's it's only like starting the engine, like, but it's about to take the fuck off. And even people on other Xbox or PlayStation podcasts are like Xbox is like really being a competitor in the space like it's never been before. in the entire history of Xbox, like they got the Microsoft wallet open, you know, and they're looking to acquire more studios even. I don't know what that means or who they're looking at, but it's like Xbox is taking the fuck off, man, in twenty twenty one.
0: And this E3 didn't include, like, half their studios.
1: No, that's crazy. And we don't know. PlayStation has some stuff up their sleeve, maybe. They announced that, like, they're make, working on 25 IP or some nonsense. And they have, uh, they haven't, they don't, we don't even know any PS5 exclusive games coming out at this point, uh, as of July 26th. Like, we don't know any first party PS5 exclusive titles, I think, that are coming out. Because God of War, or, uh, God of War, Gran Turismo, and Horizon, pretty sure, across gen. So... I guess they have stuff to announce. But yeah, anyway, it's looking great for Xbox. And I'll say that the hardware has been positive for the platform, the SSD and how that actually does change gaming. We haven't even seen the full effect of that yet, but just how it runs games faster and cuts down on loading and all this stuff. That has been a boon, you know, for the like for the new gens play PS5 and Xbox. It's pretty the new system's pretty great, I'll say.
0: Yeah, and I think Xbox has actually forced PlayStation to maybe it'll actually be more interesting and maybe I'll consider getting a PlayStation 5 again because it seems like they are expanding kind of their roster of games outside of third-person action.
1: Yeah, hopefully, and hopefully the pressure from Microsoft makes fucking PlayStation a better goddamn service because they seem like they got complacent in first place, quote-unquote. Yeah, and even though, you know, Microsoft's a bigger corporation, but in the gaming space. And it's like they, I mean, I don't want to be a dickhead, but, like, they kind of suck service-wise. Like
0: they have great games, but their services suck. It's always way better to be in second place. I learned that even on the PS3 days where you used to get way more free stuff on the PS3 and like way more deals when PS Plus first came out and there were like constant games in PS Plus and all that kind of thing. Then Xbox got in second, hopped over to Xbox, have liked it ever since
1: yeah so it's being in second is a, is a good thing actually when it you know when you're getting the better services and i'll say i, I wanted to mention when i say their services suck i mean they suck relative to, relative to xbox but the games they're getting pe- they're giving people for having a ps plus subscription those are pretty great but the reason that you have those is because they don't have a uh, game pass that's so like they're great for what they are, but they're not Game Pass, which, you know,
0: the free games you get from PS Plus. Yeah, yeah, that's true. PlayStation Now didn't have a bad month last month, but it's just like it doesn't have the same cachet. You can't download it's all not, our games. Yeah, it's not new games and it's not first parties. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a whole thing. Like, I don't want to be a dickhead, but this I mean, if you're comparing service wise, Xbox has the upper hand
0: and Nintendo's doing its own thing. I don't even care about them. But yeah, so there you go. Brief state of the Xbox community as a whole. If you have any questions about what we think about Xbox, feel free to reach out at XBlock Podcast on Twitter or leave a comment in our uh, YouTube, uh, The XBlock Podcast. And if you'd like to listen to this at somewhere else than you're listening to it right now, head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of the podcast services, or you can head over to our Patreon, which Caleb will tell you about. Patreon.com slash xblockpodcast,
1: where every week, Jaren and I deliver to you some quality, usually uh, the latest and greatest Xbox and gaming news of the week and kind of analyze and talk about it with a bunch of other funny shenanigans and segments. But this week in particular, we are just doing our Xbox podcast special because Jaron is out on vacation for last week and this week. And we were retor- we will return to normal programming on August 16th, uh, 20, uh, 2021. There you go. So, but if you want to go to patreon.com slash Xbox podcast, leave us a couple dollars a few dollars whatever you have to spare then it will go back into the podcast at this point getting me a, m- a new microphone a better microphone and so we would appreciate it and uh that's kind of all i have
0: for now in the state of xbox it's a pretty fun one yep so thank you for listening to this Xbox special xbox <laughs> keep that in keep it in x block out <laughs> thanks for listening to the Xbox. new episodes every monday at 5 a.m